Hello and welcome to this week's Therapy For Me and I'm actually sat outside the front of the house. I decided I wanted to record out outside just because it's such a beautiful day um, and I thought you know what I'll give it a go and I'll sit outside the front rather than the back so you might get the odd people wandering past and you might get the odd car uh, but that's the I guess that's the joys of recording the joys of recording outside. So uh, it's been a fairly full-on week um, both in terms of things that have happened around and about and things that have happened in, in my world. Um, so without any ado, we'll, we'll get straight in. Um, and, and as always, let's start with a bit of that jangly guitar. Monday. So today's been dominated by the story of the Super League, this football Super League, this European Super League, um, where six UK teams and a number of teams from across Europe um, are going to join together and effectively create a league where they'll play each other probably three or four times over the course of a uh, course of a season. Um, and I was asked in a meeting this morning what I, I, I thought of it and... Uh, and I, I said straight away, it's a, it's a toe dipping exercise. Um, I mean, the backlash has been uh, extreme. Uh, everybody and his dog has, has weighed into the particular argument over, over whether this is a good or a bad thing. And obviously, in most cases, most people think it's a bad thing and certainly think it's a, a bad thing for football and a, and a bad thing for the football fan. Um, but the fact of the matter is that um, for me, this is a this is you know a little exercise that they're going to do now. They're going to find out what the backlash is. Um, that we'll have a we, what 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 we've succeeded in doing now is get the whole concept, the whole idea of this Super League and how it would be for the formation of it and and who wouldn't you know most likely be involved. That's now part of the public conversation. So when it comes back in two or three years and they have answers to some of the, the you know the concerns that people have, it'll it'll probably go through far easier. There won't be the same shock value to it when it comes back into the into the public gaze in you know in two or three years' time. So um, my my thought was it was a relatively cynical uh, exercise. It was an exercise just to just to throw it out there get some of this sort of more extreme reaction out of the way and then you know and then we'll we'll find ourselves with it in years to come because at the end of the day all we're talking about is another an, another top tier of of the pyramid we're just talking about the existing power structures moving and 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 effectively you know creating one kind of top tier and it's it, it's a it's kind of a little bit disingenuous that the Premier League got so up in arms about it because it's exactly what the Premier League did to English football you know 20 30 years ago whenever it was that the Premier League was more than that whenever the Premier League came into being uh, because that's that's all we did we concentrated power into one space we concentrated money into one space and and the rest of football, without a shadow of a doubt, has suffered. And all that this is 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 this is a, this is a bit of payback. This is a bit of your own medicine. And you know, and those institutions that currently um, have got the biggest purses and currently, you know, to a certain extent, can control the actions of the biggest clubs, stand to lose out, and they don't like it. Um, I mean, it's you know, it was interesting to see the prime minister get so deeply involved in this. But of course, why wouldn't he? It's a culture war issue.
Um, at the end of the day, it's an easy thing to side with. There'll be a lot of red wall voters that will be annoyed by this particular, um, this, you know, this particular suggestion. The fact that a Conservative Prime Minister is somehow weighing into private enterprise, I don't quite understand how that fits with Conservative ideology, but the fact of the matter is that's out of the window, because what we're talking here about is populism and, and, and culture war. Um, I have a huge amount of sympathy for the football fans that potentially would be affected, but then from a Sheffield United perspective, the idea of a Premier League without the six teams that win it year in, year out would probably not be too bad a thing, if I'm being honest. And it might, re it might you know, reset itself a little bit, I don't know. Um, so, it's a tough one, um, but, but I think... I think if I'm, you know, if, if TFM is still occurring in two or three years' time, then let's wait and see what happens and whether this comes back up for a Monday episode sometime around about 2024. Tuesday. I mentioned um, a while back that I watched all the President's Men. Finally got through all the President's Men for the first time after a lot of different goes at trying to watch it. Finally got through it. And that I'd find I'd found it, you know, interesting but confusing. There, there was a lot around it that um, seemed to be going on, and and of course the film came out in the early seventies, and I didn't have I didn't have the same background knowledge you would have had if you'd watched it around about the time that everything was you know was going on. So the story and the characters would have been easier to have dealt with because they would have been introduced to you on a you know a, 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 over a period of weeks and months as as the whole thing was was playing out rather than going back into that level of detail if you hadn't lived through it. Um uh, the reason I'm mentioning this is because there was a documentary that appeared on uh, BBC iPlayer about Watergate and it was clearly uh, made um you know a um later I'm not quite sure what year it was made but it was clearly made probably late 80s early 90s um, in fact probably late 80s uh, looking at the age of, of the people involved and it really had most of the key protagonists in the that the, the were in the story were actually in this in this documentary um, and bear in mind a lot of them went to jail it, it, you know it was clearly a good 10 years after because all those jail terms have been served and what have you now this there were five episodes and they were 50, 50 minutes long and I found it absolutely fascinating. It really unlocked the film. It, it really helped with that kind of backstory that I would have needed. And when, I, when it first came up and it popped up and I thought, oh, Watergate, brilliant. And then I looked and thought, five episodes. And thought, Grief, am I going to be able to do five episodes of this particular story? This is going to be quite dense. And it was quite the reverse it really whizzed along at a pace. I enjoyed every single one of the episodes. I thought the way they, they organised it was absolutely great. Every single protagonist was there, um, including Nixon, though they used the footage of Nixon's interview with, uh, with um, 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 David Frost, which was the thing that was part of the Frost-Nixon film um that, that michael sheen did um so they used um they used th that that footage from that interview for the for the nixon stuff um and then um you know and then they went on to 
um, you know, they went on. In fact, actually, to be honest, I'm now working out that it was must have been made mid to late 90s because Nixon had died at the point they made it, and he died in 94, I think. So it must have been some shortly after that uh, that it was made. But it comes wholeheartedly recommended. And if you, if you, it's one of those things that you probably don't think you'd be able to get through it, but trust me, you watch it, and it really, really is quite, quite gripping. <laughs> So I live in a small village in West Yorkshire and we're blessed because there's plenty of countryside around and about and so getting out and going for a walk, which is something I've really taken to through through the lockdown, is relatively easy. And it, we, we are, it is, you are moments, from where we are, you are moments to being in the countryside. Um, and there's a, 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 a lane uh, um, just down from where the house is and that's one of the routes in and out of the village and it's one of the routes I will take when I'm when I'm sort of uh, going out for a walk and I was walking up uh, the lane um, this morning and th there's a mattress there's a double mattress being dumped at the side of the road and it's fallen in a, in a peculiar kind of position it's fallen into something that at a, sort of at a right angle so it's it's kind of it's kind of standing it's, it's almost forming a little shelter with the wall i've taken a photo which i'll uh, i'll 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 get out on instagram or something so uh, you can you can see what it is or um and so it's forming this little kind of kind of shape where it's kind of wedged itself against this stone wall this um and and it's 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 just it looks so peculiar because if you were going to fly tip, that's exactly not the place I would have expected that to happen. So either one of two things have happened. Either it's fallen off and somebody hasn't realised it's fallen off until much later, but that still doesn't seem to make an enormous amount of sense. Or somebody's decided to, to, to get rid of it. But of the places to decide to get rid of it, that would be the furthest place from my mind that you would have actually dumped a mattress um, and, and it's the kind of thing that I mean could almost become a bit of a local institution I could see if it doesn't get moved in a period of days and weeks that that, that just will become something that's there because of the funny way that it's actually fallen and settled you know it, it, it could almost bizarrely become iconic if, if it wasn't if the whole situation wasn't so ridiculous it could kind of become become a little bit iconic but anyway it's it's there. I've walked past it. Um, I, I, the other bit I don't quite get is that if you have dumped it, you know, a phone call and the council will come and collect it. They'll come and take things like that away. So I don't quite, I just don't quite understand. Well, look, have a look at the picture. See what you think. Let me know. Thursday. So the government have dropped the idea of these daily White House style press briefings. Um, if you remember through the first lockdown, or as we came out of the, the first lockdown, that this, this idea started to appear that actually these kind of 5pm briefings uh, would continue and that there would, be, uh, there would be somebody in place to do those briefings on a daily basis. I think the government liked the idea of having the attention of the nation because obviously you can push a lot of your own agenda if you get, if you get five o'clock in, you know, in, in people's houses um, on, a, on a fixed basis Monday through Friday, then there's a lot you can, a lot of narrative you can try and, 
you can try and sort of spread. Um, the, the the kind of problem, I mean, I mean, the downside of it, which is probably what's taken it away, is the fact that you can't just transmit. You know, if you're going to do this, if it's going to replace the lobby system, um, then um, you're going to have to take questions. And that's the downside. That actually those questions won't necessarily be on the topics that you want them to be on. And that's probably why they've they've arrived at the conclusion that it's probably not worth it. Um, you know, because there comes a, the, the, there's, there's only so long you can avoid answering questions um, without it, 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 you know, the public getting quite annoyed. Uh, about it and of course we know he doesn't answer questions at the moment he doesn't answer questions at question time but then it probably doesn't need to be compounded by him not answering journalist questions on a daily basis but um but they they've got they've got this this ex-journalist or this journalist uh, Allegra Stratton in to do the to front these things to be that kind of uh, white house press uh, officer type of affair um and and to be fair the same the same issue still remains um it's okay to go out and transmit but if you don't want to pass comment on something then you know it, it, you can get into a sticky place very quickly and you've only got to look at some of the mess that trump and, and his various press officers got into to see you know to see how that happens i guess the the the, the things that stem out of this that are interesting one is 2.6 million pounds has been set has been spent on this this room that was going to be used for the press briefings that now, as far as I'm aware, won't be used. Certainly not for what it was originally intended or with the, with the frequency. So that's 2.6 million we could have spent on anything else because in reality this wasn't a governmental project or whilst it could be it could be sold as a governmental project in terms of it's keeping the you know the national conversation going and keeping the public informed. In reality, it was a party political um, stunt, or it certainly had huge party political benefits. Um, so that's 2.6 million that was, you know, not strictly purely um, s spent, um, kind of, what's the word I'm looking for, in a altruistic sense that now isn't going to be used used at all. Um, and I think the other thing that compounds it is um, we appear to be arriving at a situation where it seems hard to get information out of this government. They're, they're, they're ignoring freedom of information, uh, information requests from journalists left, right and centre, uh, either not acting them on them at all or taking a ridiculous amount of time to act on them. And I get the impression we just have a government that, that, that doesn't want to actually be held to account for anything that it, that it does. And this, whilst... It, whilst the daily press briefings worried me in one respect because it was that transmit moment, I think over time it probably would have been something where we would have had more chance to hold the, the government to account. And of course that's now, that's now disappeared. Friday. So we've got to the end of the week and there's... I guess there's a few things I want to I want to touch on today, and they're all they're all a little bit random. And um, I mean, one one's not random, which is that we had this this live broadcast for the Corona Diaries podcast for its its kind of first birthday podcast um, last night, and uh, and it was fantastic. Um, you know, we 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 broadcast out on Facebook. It it, it wasn't a, for for portions of the day. It got complex because the way uh, we we use Zoom to record, so we use Zoom as a visual reference point, 
um, and we were going to essentially we were going to transmit the Zoom call. Um, and, and what you do is you there's a Zoom allows you to stream to YouTube and Facebook, and we were going to stream to Steve's Facebook page. And it was only when we tried it in the morning we realised that actually that link was broken. There's a flaw somewhere. A lot of people have uh, reported it, and there was a fairly fraught. Uh, amount of time spent through the day uh, with me and with um, Lucy, who's Marillion's manager, and <coughs> Mark Kennedy, who works for the band, working out a, a workaround so we could we could make this work and we could actually we could stream this um, this event to Steve's Facebook page, which we, which we finally managed to do, and it went off okay. And there's a new skill I've learned uh, because it was a kind of a it, it, it wasn't the simple button press. It involved copying and pasting loads of fairly complex data to get it to work. But we got it to work, which was which was fantastic. And then the event itself was absolutely lovely. It was nice to celebrate. I mean, it's just nice to have got to a year of that particular podcast. People still seem to be absolutely loving it. And so it was it was really nice to um, really nice to get through and and do that event. And and, and and Ian, the drummer uh, from the band, came on as well, which was really really nice. And we just had a we just had a, a great evening. So it was it was nice to have done that um, this week. I've got a, a, another recording tonight with Jason for nine forty two, so I'm looking forward to that. But the the couple of random bits. Um, one is sugar puffs, which aren't sugar puffs anymore. Um, they're honey monster uh, puffs uh, or honey monster wheat puffs. I think they might now be. And I, did, I, I picked up a pack this week in the supermarket, and I've not had what will always be sugar puffs to me. I've not had sugar puffs for ages, and um, and so I, the, I saw them when I was in the supermarket. I thought I'll try those because I'm sure the kids have never tried them. Let's see see how they get on. Um, and and they've been rebranded. They were rebranded in 2014. Uh, they've changed the recipe, and it's blatantly obvious that they've changed the recipe because they don't taste like they tasted. It's not the memory taste I was expecting, which is probably a good thing because they don't taste as sweet as they used to. So clearly, they're probably not quite as 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 bad for you as perhaps I'm sure they were in the in the 70s and 80s when I remember having them last. Um, but it, it 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 drove me to their Wikipedia page, and they do have a Wikipedia page. And, uh, and and it details uh, how the brand has changed and its ownership has just changed. It was I always remember it being Quaker when I was when when you know, I was a kid. It's not Quaker anymore. In fact, it's changed hands a couple of times since then. Um, but the other thing that was interesting, there's a few things about campaigns and things they've done. But one one thing they did do fairly recently was that it became part of Newcastle uh, Newcastle's football shirt came part of Newcastle United's football shirt. I don't quite know how it was built in, but it was some part of the Newcastle United kit. And the the consequence was that in the north in the northeast, sales of uh, of of what were Honey Monster puffs at that point dropped and dropped by about twenty percent because the Sunderland fans, at the point that they became incorporated in the Newcastle kit, um, stopped buying them. They boycotted the brand. Um, so we started off a little bit with football. We've almost come back full circle with football um, because, in in reality, um, the, the the power of football that can stop people buying sugar puffs uh, as as was. Um, so that was quite the things on the Wikipedia page. I thought that was quite interesting. And then the final thing, and this is apropos of absolutely nothing, but I was walking through um, Aldi the other day. And doing that fantastic rummage around the middle of Aldi, um, and they had 
they had one of these bath, I don't even call them bath trays, that I haven't seen in years, but everybody had, everybody seemed to have. Of all the things that disappeared that you remember, that everybody had on their bath, <clears throat> was one of these like stainless steel kind of um, tray things that went across the bath. They weren't, they weren't, they weren't very wide, and they they used to they used to just sit on the side of the bath, and you used to put stuff in them. So you put sponges and soaps and bits and pieces, and every bath seemed to have one. And then they disappeared, and I've not seen them for years. I remember us having one for ages at home, and not seen them for years. And and they, there they were in the middle of Aldi, um, desperately trying to make a, a comeback. So I don't know if they've become in vogue again and I've missed it. And if you know if they have, then please let me know because I'd be, I'd be intrigued if these things have, have come back into, into vogue and whether we'll all be getting them and, and shoving pumice stones and whatever in them in the way that we used to. Um, but it's the first time I've seen one in absolutely ages. So that was a, it was a nice little throwback. So, so we've, had the, we've had the sugar puffs, um, though obviously they're not called that anymore, and the... Uh, and the bath tray, whatever they're called. I don't even remember what we used to call them. Um, but but we've had both of those throwbacks um, this week, which I thought was quite quite interesting. I'm still sat outside. Glorious sunshine. I think we're going to have some great weather over the over the weekend. I hope it's I hope it's good where you are. I hope you enjoy the sunshine. Um, and I'm going to sign off for this week. And I will I'll talk to you next time. If you've enjoyed Therapy for Me, then please subscribe and share as you see fit. This has been an A Short Stories production.